hopefully you guys said something very funny that I could put in a bumper at the end. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I don't... Uh, sure, yes. It was, it was the most profound comedic gold which has ever flowed forth from my mouth. I promise Yeah, it, it might have gotten corrupted a little bit. Uh, so it might sound like silence. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, but it was. Oh, it, they were the funniest shit. words that were said. Um, yes. So, oh, well, you guys can definitely repeat them. I mean, we no. can, but there's like a lot of timing and build up in that moment. It, it, like it, it was a moment. It was like it was that one perfect moment, and yeah, like sort of out of respect for the moment, we're probably not going to revisit that. But I'm, it, I'm sure. It would just, yeah, it would feel bad to try to do it again. Like. Like, we were betraying that pure moment that we had. Because we're artists, uh, ultimately, at the end of the day. And, you know... Integrity. Integrity. We have... We just... I'm sweating integrity. <laughs> integrity is all over the place for me right now. I mean, so much, I can smell James's uh, integrity stink all it's the just way in wafting. Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a chemical fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you guys got to uh, share that... That's like not jealous or anything. I'm sure it's going to make its way to you soon. of WTF Anime, the show where we're going to go ahead and critique how high schoolers kiss. I'm, as ever, your host, Joe, and joining me is Travis. Hey, Joe. Good to be back. And it's not just me this time, is it, though? It is not. Uh, We have a guest that I am incredibly excited to introduce to all of you, uh, James D'Amato. Hello, heroes. Uh, Thank you guys so much for having me on this show. No, thank you for coming on. I'm 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 super excited to baffle someone with my taste in anime. <laughs> Excellent. Uh to that end, what did you choose for us to watch today, James? Uh so I I had a lot that I was considering bringing to y'all. Uh but I think my my new favorite show uh is the one that I brought and that is Sure Dure Children that is adapted uh from the four coma manga uh Sure Zure Children. It's sort of a slice of life romance anime um, that critiques uh, like general shoujo romance animes uh, from a lot of different perspectives. And I-, I think it's just overall a really fun exercise and very, very well written and acted. Cool. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting, too, because it's, it's a bunch of vignettes is how, how this is set up just in the way it tells story. But even the episodes are shorter than what you're going to find in uh, traditional episodes of anime. So they keep everything real tight uh, on the Sure Dure shift. Yeah. So, I mean, it, like there are typically about four to maybe five stories per episode. And I know what you're thinking there at the audience at home. Oh, is it like seven minute, five minute format? Am I sort of getting a Simpsons Treehouse of Horror experience out of this? Oh, no, you're not, because instead of the standard 22-minute time block uh, for an anime episode, 
they're doing it at a cool like 10 or 15 it might be 12 minute format i think it's uh, 12 30 i was just watching them today i want to say it was like 12 and a half minutes each each go round. yeah so these these boys are quick if you blink you'll miss them uh and and it, it like even beneath that they're subdivided into four different stories so they do not have a lot of time to set up these character-driven stories. And like when you think of slice of life as a genre, generally it's this very languishing thing where there are a lot of establishing shots and whatnot. So I, I, I'm very impressed just by the format that they chose for this because I think it was incredibly ambitious. Uh, but uh, I, was, I was shocked when I started watching it for the first time, just seeing how much ground got covered with so little time they gave themselves. Something that always hit me about this is, like you say, like Slice of Life tends to be a lot of establishing and almost padding a lot of time with showing off kind of scenery and all that fun stuff. But this really hits you with like kind of a visual shorthand really effectively to basically all of the several stories we're going to get here. <laughs> Well, and, and they're using a lot of shorthand, and and I I, I really like that you pointed out uh, that's using visual shorthand because so much of the shorthand uh, uh, in the show is based on character models and character designs. Uh, they are basically pulling designs that look so similar to a lot of different anime uh, that would be in the romance genre, and so you, if you are somebody who is like well versed in romance anime. You can just by looking at a character model go, oh, that's this character archetype. Uh, so clearly, I'm going to be getting one of these stories. Uh, so that when they eventually subvert uh, the thing they're doing, you can go, oh, so that's that's what's happening here. And as someone who watches far too much romance anime, <laughs> I completely agree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, me, me, not as much. I uh, I don't have time to watch anime other than what is assigned as homework. So, uh, spoilers, I'm just going to put it out there now. Uh, uh, my brand is usually I do not like the slice of life. James, you done good, bud. Uh, this was this was a, a joy. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that you enjoyed it because it is also one of the series that I point to uh, when people are trying to like understand uh, the sense of humor that exists in a lot of uh, Japanese uh, media. Um, it's different than like Western, uh, but like you, you pick up on it really quickly. And I think Series Are Children uh, does a great job of like showing off uh, the different things that they can do with it. And it's not like the oddball stuff that's hard to interact with with uh, some of the other comedically focused uh, anime out there. I feel like it's also like a good fair introduction to people who don't watch a lot of anime. It's a weirdly good example to give of just kind of the stories that anime will tell that Western media usually doesn't. Yeah. Usually this kind of thing, like a romance story will be more of a subplot to all the Western media, whereas this is just hero awkward high schoolers. That's what the show is, and it does it so well. Yeah, yeah. And and like, God, when, when you think of romance as a primary plot for anime, too, what it usually means is that nothing will ever happen. Um, <laughs> like, you look at a series like Ranma, or um, I, I guess Inuyasha is, is also a Rumiku Takahashi joint, so it's probably not a good example. But like, in those two, they set up the primary romance from episode one, and nothing happens until the series is over. <laughs> 
And like Suri Suri Children is still essentially telling these stories where nothing is happening because it's a bunch of high schoolers who are too incompetent to to like do anything. Um, but you you actually there's still a lot of movement in that, uh, which I think is very good and satisfying. Uh, I think it is worth saying that we watched the first three episodes. <laughs> Might have forgotten to do that. So really, we're getting mostly kind of set up here. Um, none of none of the stories are kind of paying off as of yet. Yeah, episodes one through three is sort of doing the job that episode one does in a lot of other shows, just because everything's so short and you're seeing so many different characters. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, and you know what? Starting out with episode one, the, the first little scene that we get, it hooked me in right away. Uh, so I can't wait to start actually breaking into this episode, getting into some of the meat of this slice of life. Uh, uh, so let's see. Do, do we want to talk about the opening? I didn't think that the opening scene, it's just kind of a stock standard thing. You, it's showing you uh, uh, all the characters you're going to encounter. There's a fun, poppy kind of song coming in, and it's... Definitely got that romance feel because the color palette is is very muted and soft. Like you see a lot of the times when they're trying to tell romance stories. Yeah, well, and if you look at the tableaus uh, that each of our main characters are in, you also sort of get a sense of who those characters are and what their stories are going to be. Like, I, I think it does a very good shorthand of actually introducing you to the premise of the show. I feel like I could start someone on episode five and they wouldn't have all the background of these characters, but uh, just through the context clues of the introduction and what's happening in the episodes themselves, I feel like the introduction actually tells you something about what's going on, which is not always the case uh, that we get in, in some of these introductory things. But, you, but you're right. It, it, it is not uh, especially like a special product uh, when you think of anime openings. And a lot of it is like, oh, these are the same thousand shots that I've seen in 10,000 other anime. Uh, the one thing that I really like is the end of the opening sequence, that uh, lingering shot on the two cell phones on top of each other. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's a very sweet uh, like way of saying, you know, th these are romance stories. These are romance stories about young people now. But uh, like, yeah, everything else is like pretty much uh, a stock anime opening sequence. Shorthand for millennials always texting. <laughs> <laughs> millennials be texting. It's, it's true, they do. So I don't know how much, how kind of in depth we want to get on kind of each of the little vignettes. Uh, like we said, we've probably got about twelve total in front of us to discuss. But almost immediately, the kind of shorthand that we were talking about is shown from the first one, which is. The kind of footprints in the snow as um, Kase is going up to meet with his crush. And there's like this ring of steps that shows you immediately like the person who brought him here basically spent a lot of time pacing directly in front <laughs> of where they were meeting up. And I love it. Yeah, I, and I, I love about this scene because it is, you know, this is a confession scene. This is a thing that is like so steeped in high school uh, romance culture for Japan. And it, it, it tells you that like right away. It communicates that to you. Um, but I think it subverts it pretty well to like introduce the premise of, well, this is what Suri Suri Children is going to be. Uh, you answered a question for me. I kind of want to thank you there because <laughs> there's very big they're very big on confession 
uh, and I didn't know if that was uh, a Japanese school culture thing or if that was just something set up as a premise to this show. Oh, yeah. Um, so, w- w- like, in Japan, and, you know, I, I don't want to pretend to be a, a cultural expert or anything. This is just things that I have learned um, from friends who know much more than me. Indirect communication is, like, kind of a big thing. Um, and it's it's very rare to get a sort of Western American style uh, saying directly what is on your mind and and doing something uh, in a way that is very clear. Uh, one area of exception is like the romantic confession. It is very much a straightforward thing that that is like kind of an institution. It, it's it's something that like you can very clearly there's there's no question of I am saying. I have feelings for you, and uh, I, the expected response is for you to either tell me you have feelings in return or tell me that you do not. So you see it in a lot of anime. Oh, okay. So it, it's basically just instead of do you like me, check yes, check no, uh, note, uh, we have just a conversation in this place. Oh, no, it can be a note, though. Like, it can be through a confession note uh, that is, you know, I am confessing to you, but but it is like confession is is the word used that is like the translated word um uh Mm -hmm. and you'll you'll see it like not not just amongst kids but like you'll you'll see it in uh shows that feature adults as well uh it's just a more sort of formalized approach to the same thing this isn't like uh two people you know saying hey let's hang out and watch some netflix and you know two people are going in wondering what does that mean? Uh, it is It is very much, I like you, so I am asking you out, or I, I like you, I am informing you of that information, and I am expecting a response from you. And the response is expected to be, like, formal and clear. Um, like, there would be an official response. Oh, okay. Good. Now I know. Now I know. I was Because I was really <laughs> wondering, I knew I, I have it in my notes to bring this up and ask somebody. <laughs> Unfortunately, I uh, I don't have the knowledge of James. Like knowing people, I just I just watch anime and like. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, it's it's like a cultural touchstone. So so it is talked yeah. about quite a bit in art. It's cultural learning through osmosis, Joe. You're just picking it up by absorbing the animes. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. So they uh, they meet up at this place, and like you said, there there's obviously been some pacing going on, and now. Now we're going to show you what this show's all about. Get ready for some awkward. <laughs> <laughs> She's such a disaster. I love her. <laughs> God, and this dude, this dude, like, having some patience. Uh, it, 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 like, one of the great things about this is it's it's such an unusual confession scene because very quickly there's at least one character who knows exactly what's going on. Because he, he, like, shows up and he's like, oh, okay, I'm getting that this is a confession and I'm just waiting for it to happen. And I want it to happen, too. Like, I like this person, but she's not doing it and she's initiating it. So I can't, like, say my piece until she's done her thing. <laughs> yeah, he even uh, at one point they show him shivering because they've been standing out in the cold for, like, <laughs> 10 minutes just I can only picture them like awkwardly like kicking the ground with hands in pockets and pacing back and forth. You know that's what happened. They don't show you the action, but that is definitely what the last 10 minutes for these two has been like. So we get this great back and forth of like 
oh, do you have a crush on anyone? And then the inner workings of a teenage mind being like, what is the correct thing to say here? Because I do like this person, but if I say that, I am stealing the confession, and the convention is that, like, she is allowed to confess. Yeah, and he also doesn't want to say, uh, I like someone, and to have her see that as, oh, he likes someone else. So he doesn't want to chase her off with it either. (laughs) Yeah, uh, a, a large portion of this anime, if they would just say what was actually on their minds... Would not even be happening. It's it's all teenage comedy of error. We're, we're too awkward to communicate. I love it. <laughs> One thing that I love about this is like in in in, in like uh, future scenes, uh, the, the girl who's like looking for her contact. Those characters are sort of communicating in very explicit terms, but they still can't convey meaning to one another. Like the the other person always misinterprets what they've just said. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of which. Here's another bit of great storytelling in that first scene. They they get nervous and she asks him to meet her tomorrow. And then there's a, the, this this moment. There's this moment where like you think they're going to just just do it. Just come out and say it. Mm-hmm. And he goes to embrace this girl and she moves forward at the same time and they miss each other. And that one little action right there is completely like summarizing the entirety of this scene. Uh, and the, uh, the best part, her running off and yeah. going, I'll tell you that I like you tomorrow. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now it, there's a lot of great moments in scenes where you'll just get like a small action or thing like something like that that is summing up the story or, or helping to tell the story. Like, like you guys said, there's a lot of visual shorthand that is done uh, to convey these scenes along. And it's so clever and good. And it's 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 such a great use of the medium too, because like you can only do that in a two dimensional space. Like if you think of two people stepping to embrace each other and then missing, it's impossible. That's not going to happen. Uh, so like I, I I like that they're showing off how well they know how to play on our expectations, play with established tropes, and introduce things like internal monologue and whatnot. Uh, th- this scene. Even though these characters don't really show up that much throughout the series, like this scene perfectly lays down, this is what this show is going to be. These are the tools that we're going to use to accomplish that. And this is how well we know how to use the medium that we're, we're, we're telling the story through. All right. Um, so that's, that's pretty much the summation. Of, I, we spent quite a bit of time on what was about three minutes worth of yeah. <laughs> And that's why we're probably not going to go scene for scene here because... We don't want a three-hour podcast. That'd be bad. <laughs> I'm perfectly willing to talk for that long, but I'm not sure the listeners want that. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's good to kind of set up like visual language and all the stuff because that's basically James nailed it. Like that is what this show is, and just kind of showing you right off the bat the tools they're going to use and how how they're going to include music and the fantastic like voice work on this oh yeah i i, well, I mean since we're, we're stepping into i believe the next scene is with the class rep and like the sort of nervous boy who who works with her uh, I, I i think this relationship uh dynamic really pops off in episode two when they introduce his younger sister because you get to see her voice work, and I think she is one of the most talented voice actresses on this show, which is saying a lot, because there are a lot of really talented people, but uh, the little sister character is uh, very jealous of this older girl who has become interested in her her older brother, 
And she tries to play the sort of sweet, I'm going to insinuate myself into this conversation and then take it apart from the inside. But this older girl who is the class representative is just a masterful troll and uh, (laughs) has complete control of this situation. And the uh, younger, the younger girl, the little sister uh, just has these moments where she's just saying some really dark and aggressive stuff. Uh, <laughs> and her her voice like modulates all over the place. And uh, the voice actress is just so talented with what she's doing with this character. It's it's very, very nuanced and cool. It, it's just a shame we didn't get to talk about the text scene. I know, I know. Ugh, I... <laughs> With this show, like I, I suggested that we go out to episode three, not just because it's so short, because uh, my favorite character uh, premieres in episode three, and I really wanted to make sure that we got to see that. But yeah, there, there's there's so much good stuff uh, in in this. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And you know, I liked that scene with the little sister that you just brought up because it was definitely playing against what would be like traditional tropes. It's supposed to be the older brother looking out for the younger sister, but she's almost taking that big brotherly role. Well, actually, in Japan, this is an established mm. trope. Uh, oh, the, really? The, the younger sister being jealous of a girl coming around the older brother. You you see it in uh, series like Utena um, is is a big one for this. Uh, there's a couple of characters in Yuri on Ice that have this. So yeah, th- there is like the sort of aggressive older brother, but but in Japan, we we also have like the jealous younger sister who the relationship it, it's like weird to define exactly what that relationship is between between her and and her brother like it's it's kind of a crush but kind of not um uh and and this show is just playing with that trope oh okay yeah yeah i I believe we've talked before about how family dynamics mean like the older sibling takes more responsibility for their younger siblings Mm -hmm. and then boy how some shows really really want to fuck with that it's not great yeah yeah um <laughs> I love how this show like does a commentary on that. Yeah. I I don't want to get too too far into gosh just gross things that exist. Yeah, yeah. I mean there there are gross ways that it can be used elsewhere. Um which is why one of the things that I love about this show is it it takes some of those tropes that uh can be unkind or gross and and subverts them in like a really fun way. Mm-hmm. And and that's exactly what we're seeing here. Uh because they're like we're playing with that general power dynamic like generally it is this little the little sister has sway over her older brother and for that reason uh the interested romantic party is sort of at her mercy um but you know here we see it's the other way around it's just this older this older uh girl generally plays with her brother's emotions and now is also playing with hers by by extension (laughs) yeah on on the note uh this show does not have any of the gross things in it. And I didn't expect it coming from James. I definitely knew we weren't going to get anything because I rail against that so often on this show when it comes up. <laughs> well, I mean, we, uh, the, the next couple up is a yes. little weird in the first episode. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the one thing that I would bring up that class president is yeah. a little skeevy. I was going to bring this up because like overall, this is probably my favorite relationship in the show. But how they first meet is kind of really not great, but then also plants the seeds of 
how the student council president actually sees her. So it's kind of good. Yeah. So these these two appear to, especially in the first time that we see them, which they are introduced in the first episode. Uh, so it, like, I think it's a weird way to introduce the series. I would have put them in episode two or three for their introduction if I were directing things, but I'm not. They kind of have a weird uh, power dynamic in their relationship, and it, it's, it's very focused around that. Uh, this uh, the the student body president uh, approaches this girl who's like kind of a, uh, a a a punk, a thug, and and she's got a reputation for like being a thug and like all of these uh, negative social things. Um, and you know he approaches her about like paying her to kiss him. And it's this pretty uncomfortable scene that, like, uh, every time I show this show to people, I'm like, hey, this relationship is going to seem weird and bad, but it does get better as we go. A lot of uh, the friends that I have who are into, like, uh, bondage and, and, and power play, like, uh, in, in their personal relationships, uh, have said that they identify with this relationship a lot and, and they really like the way that it works. Uh, but I do think the way it establishes itself uh, does not come out great because he says some pretty horrific things uh, and also like uses his physicality in a pretty imposing way that uh, seems like it lines up with a lot of gross uh, stereotypes that that tend to come out of uh, different types of Japanese media. Yeah, because uh, he catches her smoking and says, you know, I won't report you, but you have to kiss me. So <laughs> we're starting off with blackmail. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, which is not where you want your fun, happy romance to start out. No, this is not a meet-cute. <laughs> not even a little. Yeah, um, and, and, and like, it, 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 like, as the series pans out, we, we get to learn that these characters, uh, you know, that, that he does really, really care about this person, um, and he's just saying and doing the things uh, that, like, he's clearly got limited communication tools. Um, yeah. He's not the best at expressing himself. <laughs> um, and that, that, that definitely comes across in this scene. But like he's just trying to say and do the things that he thinks will, will help her as a person. And by the end of the series, like they, or the end of this season, they, they've helped each other and they've grown together. Uh, but it starts out really weird and bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the way it basically ends up, which is why I love this one, is like the whole thing is... Uh, the student council present basically being you have to value yourself more like you are actually like great but you kind of put on this persona like this punk delinquent persona which is funny for the shorthand which is like she has blonde hair so that's immediately like you are a delinquent she's got blonde hair she's smoking she's not wearing the uniform that everyone else is wearing that's how we know Mm -hmm. that's a rebel um, and, uh, like, I, I do like the show does in this, the, the, the tool that it's using is like, is this going to be weird and bad or is this going to be fun and sweet? And it, it fluctuates that basically every other thing that the student body president says, you're like, ah, or, aw. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird skeevy roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Class president, <laughs> class president, y'all. Uh, we, we haven't got skeevy. We haven't talked about blonde guy yet. <laughs> uh you mean the greatest character to ever live 
<laughs> uh, so yeah, since we're we're jumping around a little bit, uh, the character uh, that was just referenced is uh, Sinichi Katori, uh, who is a third year student um, who is president of the drama club. He gets introduced uh, in an episode that's a- actually outside of his main storyline for this series, but he is taking on uh, the prince, uh, the school prince trope. A episode like uh, another place you might recognize this character from would be uh, uh, oh gosh, what is it? Oron, yeah, Oron High School Host Club, yeah. Uh, so so um, he is like larger than life and saying things that like no human being would say and like <laughs> trying to be charming and whatnot. But the fun thing about Surrey Zuri children and the the first time that we see him is someone is reacting to him in the way that a, a human would actually react to a cartoon <laughs> character like this and just decks him right in the face several times. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In the manga, he introduces himself to people as the master of love, uh, <laughs> and he usually comes out in emotionally fraught moments when people need advice, and he he gives them advice, but he gives them advice as the school prince character would, which is like it's speaking in riddles and being way too emotionally forward and invasive, uh, so he gets beat up a lot. But his character arc through this is uh, eventually he gives advice to this girl and she falls for him. And like the school prince archetype is like, I love you too, but but we can never be together because because of my past or because of who I am. And uh, they both believe in his stupid personality so much that they respect that. Uh, and like play into that gimmick together um and it's a very funny and sweet story but i love the prince character in pretty much any anime that i'm watching them in uh so <laughs> seeing it cranked up to 11 and put around people in a slice of life where they will not deal with his nonsense uh is very fun and gratifying to me he's very good you know it, and it's kind of funny because you have back-to-back scenes uh when he's introduced and the one right before that is uh shiaki and uh kana mm-hmm. and there, there's a lot of physicality going on there too so it's like two scenes in this where i mean most of the time people were afraid to even touch each other uh yeah <laughs> uh, in this show and you've got back to back where the girls are just beating the crap out of these guys and I, it was a really weird moment I'm like wow there's a lot of uh a lot of Japanese students that seem to be real into impact play all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's funny what things in manga, like a lot of the tropes that we get uh, out of Japanese romance and anime and, and manga comes from uh, like rules about what publishers are willing to put out, which is why you don't actually get to see a lot of kissing uh in in, uh romance shows uh because uh the publishing guidelines way back when um it's sort of like the comics code in the united states just had rules about like actually what you were allowed to do so it was always kind of a big moment to as we see in this show see two characters sharing an umbrella Um, that was a lot of subtext uh for for larger things uh that were happening in the relationship uh, so it's, it's funny that like hitting people is not one of those things that was seen as unacceptable. Mm. And, and it, it shows up a lot of places. 
oh man, what a weird world where it would be like violence isn't at all ever censored, where like <laughs> anything relating to sex is like just, oh, it's slammed, black bars, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a terrible place to grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> That's why stuff like um, Kissing is always like the the season finale and why like romance shows to the uninitiated appear to go on forever without any actual romantic contact. Well, I think the, uninitia- the uninitiated are right in that <laughs> circumstance. <laughs> Nothing does happen. Uh, they're, they're not wrong about that. How uh, <laughs> oh, dare you. It's like a big, long Peter Jackson movie. <laughs> there's there's only so much momentum we can get uh between akane and ranma before something has to happen uh <laughs> it shouldn't take 52 volumes you'd think and yet <laughs> <laughs> so, so we, we actually did mention chiaki and kana who is my other favorite couple in this uh and they're they're really yeah i love them uh they're they're two best friends uh and they're as they're introduced um the girl said, Kana says, uh, I have been dating my boyfriend for a year, but we haven't kissed and I feel really self-conscious about it. And we discover, uh, as they finally talk about it, that he did not know they were dating for that year because he thought when she confessed to him, she was doing a, a comedy bit instead of actually confessing. So he says to her, she says, I like you. And he responds with, I like you more, stupid. <laughs> You know, it is it is kind of funny to have somebody, especially since you said there's such a big importance, like this is almost a ceremony that, that you can have your moment of confession. And he's like, oh, no, nah, she's just doing a bit. It's Yeah, fine. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's all a bit, bro. You poor, dumb, clueless boy. <laughs> uh, and I, I just, I like... I so much adore the ways that uh, these characters, again, try to connect and fail to throughout the series. Um, it's it's so much fun that, like, it. a lot of Suriduri children is about inaction. It's like, okay, we're establishing this is what the relationship is, but it doesn't really progress. And we're just examining the different reasons why relationships like these are not progressing um, p- by playing with different character archetypes. We have referenced stuff that happens much later on, and I think there is a great moment in the uh, Chiaki Kana romance where, like, they split, and they split for very good reason. Yeah, that's actually a thing they talk about rather than romances are pure and go on forever. Oh, exactly, uh, and like, I mean, that even happens. Episode one, you've got, you've got this girl who's trying to confess to her senpai in the astronomy club. She's in the astronomy club and has act- no actual interest in astronomy whatsoever. Uh, and she has spent her entire tenure in that club failing to confess to her senpai. And like she confesses and ultimately he's like, okay, but I'm still going away forever. So, But I want to hear you say it one more time. Yeah, I'm glad that, I'm glad that we're doing this. I love the reasoning in that the whole thing like just turned into a joke and it okay, well, if you're not going to actually take this serious, you'll be able to confront it in a serious way, then it's well, nothing's going to happen with us. Yeah. And I think uh, this is another moment where we can highlight some good visual storytelling because she breaks down and actually confesses to him. And then 
he doesn't react like she thought. So she goes, oh, no, it was just a joke. And then she starts freaking out and goes through the montage of over the years, her trying to confess. So we, we, we're back to bright color palettes because they're up on a roof at night. And then as the montage finishes, it fades back into night. Like that chance has sailed. Yeah. And again, that was another one in episode one that I was like, that's just really good visual storytelling to, to apply something like that to the, the metaphor of the chance this relationship had. And they, they also introduce a uh, speaker, which is two stars uh, <laughs> kind of swirling around each other as like the metaphor for almost getting there and almost being together. It's, oh, it's so good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, this is what you want to see. You want to see some people who, when they make an anime, they use every part of the anime. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine because then she gets re- rewarded with a uh, silverhead boy. Which, oh man, as previous episodes would denote is the best kind of boy. Uh, I mean, for sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, that guy was definitely visually striking. Like, I was like, oh man. Oh yeah, you can tell something's going on with him. <laughs> that dude, that dude's got it working. <laughs> and what what I love uh, that that evolves into, uh, you realize very very quickly when when watching that plot line is he is going to uh, join the astronomy club and get a crush on her and then never be able to do anything about it. Oh, yeah. He, it's he's just this curse. <laughs> he's 100% fulfilling the cycle and becoming the new... Oh, what was her name? I have it written down. I just can't find the scene in my notes now. <laughs> but yes, he is the new her, essentially. And the cycle will continue mm-hmm. of the failed romance of the astronomy club. The astronomy club that literally... No one is interested in astronomy. No one in that club. <laughs> One person was once. <laughs> we guess. We we don't know. I think it's in the charter that somebody needs to be able to identify a star, but we don't really pay attention to it. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. So I love that we're jumping around because then we can just kind of pick out like really, really good scenes and stuff. So we haven't talked much about Kamine, uh, the very, very shy girl and tall boy. Mm-hmm. Definitely has a name that I can't find in my notes. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, Gouda, believe it or not. Uh, he is named after Tasty Cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that what he's named after? Sure, I'll go with it. <laughs> I mean, why not? Gouda's good cheese. Come on. <laughs> so I love that we have this kind of dynamic of shy, not wanting to display their feelings. And just not understanding feelings at all. Exactly. He doesn't understand feelings at all. And he can't speak in a way that is clear. Mm-hmm. And and he's like aware of his not knowing his feelings I too. And that makes it worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he even confesses at one point like, yeah, I, I, I don't understand girl things. I'm very bad at this, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one thing that i love about suridure children is like even introspection and clear communication attempts cannot save you from awkward high school hell you are not going to be able to like talk to that other person in a way that is clear or moves things forward yep no one's getting out alive here i just love that they use the classic it's not you it's me i do not understand literally anything <laughs> 
And like he said that after she's made like really fumbled at making her confession to him. Um, And he's and his response to her confession is, I'm sorry. I really don't understand girl things. So would you so I would love to go out with you. (laughs) Why are you crying? I found your contact lens. Oh, so you want to date me then? Oh, oh, let's talk about that contact lens. Because I didn't think that was real until he found it. I was like, this is 100% a setup. <laughs> she doesn't even wear contacts. Uh, contacts. This is a lie. <laughs> Turns out, nope, she actually does. Whoa. <laughs> Big shock. That's the twist of the series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is the M. Night Shyamalan moment of Suri Dirty Children. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, what are some other good scenes that you guys want to highlight? Because I don't think there's any of them that I watched and I was like, this is bad or boring. But there are some that stand out more than others. Uh, Like, you mentioned walking home in the rain. Uh, That was Takano and Sugawara. Yeah. Man, that was was so cute. And she she is so underconfident. Oh, I hurt for that girl. She... She is a very classic archetype for a protagonist in a shoujo series where there is a cute boy who is clearly into her and the only thing that she can get out of their interactions is feeling bad about herself and not understanding the nice things that he's saying and doing for her are a clear indication that he likes her. <laughs> Man, that walk home... Oh, that was so sweet. It's it's Aww. so sweet. And this is this is like one of the main storylines that that plays out throughout the series um leading into like their I think pretty well built finale for for this series like the the stories that they choose to investigate long form. It it moves very slowly. It has the same premise but they look at it from a lot of different angles. Um and it, it's it's really cute. It has, like, the whole show has, like, 12 episodes to grow into a finale for some. Mm -hmm. And I love that it's not like everyone gets their happy ending. Like, it is actually, at the end of the 12th episode, there is still continuations for people to go on. And there's not a second season. I've not heard of a second season coming out. And I don't think it needs it, because not everything ends up perfect yeah and if it's one of those shows where if you like what you've seen in the show and you didn't feel like you got enough out of the end of the series there's actually the manga is still ongoing um Mm. and a lot of those stories that we're seeing are still unfolding in the manga and and developing so uh there's there's more places to get it but yeah i don't think they're going to be doing a second season which bums me out just because they did such such a good job with this first season. I just want to see the them do more anime stuff because I love the manga, but there are definitely things that they're doing in the series, the anime, uh, that they can't do in the manga. Like you said, they're, they're using every part of that anime. Every uh, part of the anime. <laughs> nose to tail. It's all anime. It's, it's all used. <laughs> it's anime all the way down. <laughs> Toe to tip. Yep. <laughs> That's an anime. <laughs> 100% grass fed it's delicious. <laughs> All right, um let's see. Other uh, I'm trying we've been jumping around so I'm trying to keep track of this cuz let me tell you Trying to write notes on every one of these scenes when all the action's happening in somewhere between like 3 and 5 minutes is an exercise in hand cramp. 
<laughs> yeah, you will you will write a note and by the time you look up like you will have two other notes that you had to write because they are mm-hmm. it's dense. They are packing in storytelling beats in this. From my tracking of notes, there's another scene with Sugawara that we haven't talked about and there is uh <laughs> Love is Derpy which might be my favorite title of a video. Oh yeah, this sad fish boy. <laughs> sad fish boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they, they've got this uh, boy who looks like a sad, nervous fish, and he likes a girl who looks like a human, so you'd think that relationship probably isn't going to work out, but like in in dealing with some like pretty rough themes, he like saves her from a groper on a bus, and she asks him out because of that. And he is so nervous and self-doubting the whole time. Like, this is almost the inverse of uh, the Umbrella Couple, right? Because because in that one, uh, the girl is gloomy and, like, doubting herself and misinterpreting everything against her. And in this one, it's the boy. Um, and he's just full of so much nervous energy that this girl straight up confesses to him. Like, she says that she likes him. And he, like, presses a button to summon the waitress uh, at the restaurant they're eating at uh, because he can't handle the fact that this person actually likes him. (laughs) Uh, Again, yes, poor boy. His anxiety is so bad that he he just can't take a moment and breathe. He'd be fine. Just need to breathe. Poor Innsmouth boy. And this is, yeah, he does have that Innsmouth look about him. Um, (laughs) Uh, and this is another great voice actor too because like he is constantly got this like trill in his voice he's always like stuttering and mumbling and he speaks in this like weird high-pitched voice he's great oh yeah manic as heck for sure the entire time it's it's all gas he never lets off of the the nervous energy and you can hear every bit of it in his voice that uh I don't know. With the three that we watched today, that might be some of the best voice acting. That and uh, Hattori, which is uh, Little Sister, mm-hmm. like you had mentioned before, both of those really jump out as just stellar performances. Yeah. Uh, God. And th- I, I really like how he uh, demonstrates very much how this show is going against type in its slice of life stuff. Um, because in a lot of slice of life things, like, you could tell that story not animated, um, meaning everything that the characters are doing are, are all things that real human beings could possibly do. And in, in this show, Surrey Zuri Children, like there are definitely uh, couples and storylines where there are no cartoony elements whatsoever. Everything is handled through dialogue and all of it's very realistic. And then you have a boy who looks like a fish. And, like, is constantly doing these cartoony gestures and whatnot. And it's just such a fun blend that it's all in this terrible high school. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. This is one of the first times that I know they're all in school, but because it is so relationship-focused, they don't really... I mean, you get a mention of a club, but it doesn't feel like they're in school. It's, Mm -hmm. It's all about just whoever's in that vignette, those two and their interaction. You don't get, you know, standard anime, they're going to be mentioning classes or that big test, things like that. Uh, those tropes come up forever and always, and you don't get that. It's just 100% about, you know, whoever they've isolated for this scene and their interaction. And I like that, that yeah. laser focus. Romance is the primary focus of this series. And like things like clubs and sports events and uh, uh, tests actually do eventually come up in the series. 
but they only come up as they are relevant to romance. So it, it's like all of those bits that you would see in a school anime, you see them, but you only see them as this test is important because uh, the person that I'm in love with is invested in this test, or I want to impress uh, this person, so I need to win this sports game. So I, I, I just love how they use all of those things that normally dominate storytelling in, in a school-based uh, anime uh, to just tell these stories and these types of stories. Again, using the whole anime. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- them's the anime sweetbreads that laser focus on the uh, the romance. <laughs> yep, not a lot of people get into the sweetbreads, but you fry that up, that's good eating. <laughs> I, I don't know if... I mean, we've talked a lot about the individual stories and kind of the general crafting of the show itself. We don't need to go into literally everything. <laughs> we could describe every soft focus look at weirdly shiny knees. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the, that that is an interesting thing that uh, came up in the class representative scene uh, with the older girl and uh, the nervous younger boy, um, the, this this supreme troll. They focus on her knees quite a bit, and they have them blush. Like it's it's an interesting the 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 shots that they choose are really interesting because they're not just focused on faces. You know what sucks is that like boobs usually have that exact same blush. Yeah, and, and there's not a lot of overt sexual focus here. Mm-hmm. And like that knee shot uh, when they're talking, I believe we get that shot of her knees blushing when after he has said there are people say that uh, who say that you go around with a lot of guys. Mm. So there is sort of, hey, we're talking about sexual things um, and sexual things do come up in this series. Uh, sex is like a pretty big focus, like especially for uh, the, the couple of friends. Um, they get pretty intimate with with each other, but it is not focusing on boob and bust shots. It is like focusing on these other things to imply sexuality without actually explicitly going there. Oh yeah, the 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 footsie game that is being played, not played uh, during that whole scene because I think they go back to it a couple times. It's mm-hmm. not just the one time. It's yeah, it, it's kind of like the barometer on what's happening here right now. Uh, <laughs> again, weird ways to visually tell a story. So yeah, that was a, a fun way or a fun little break in between both of them having nervous moments of showing where this conversation is progressing, getting closer to maybe actually the goal. <laughs> and and really the goal for her is for him to take any sort of action. Yes. She has made it clear. She's like said, I like you. I want to know whether you like me or you reject me. And he will not commit to one thing or another. So She's like, all right, so long as you're in that space, I will torment you. <laughs> she is 100% uh, percent business. And like, there, you get it in later scenes with them, too. She's like, so is that a rejection? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's just waiting for an answer, and he will not commit to one. So he has sentenced himself to hell. <laughs> Man, that, that's so good. All of this was so good, James. <laughs> Thank you for the recommendation. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that you guys enjoyed it. Like I said, I love this series. It, it, it does everything so well, and it's not a huge commitment. Any one of these uh, scenes, and w- one thing that I really like about the characterization is this, and any one of these could have been its own standalone anime. 
that could have gone on for 12 episodes of nothing happening and instead you get only the best parts of all of these stories just thrown at you in a really tight 12 minutes this does such a good job of hitting the spot that i love in anime and just condensing it down to several stories about human interaction romance all of that fun stuff yeah i I could have watched this series forever so so long as they had different (laughs) stories to tell i i would just be there for it uh because they do such a good job with it and it's it's my preferred thing i don't have a lot of time to like watch shows and consume media so like i've heard things that like one piece is a good show and whatnot but there are 600 episodes of that uh (laughs) that is some nonsense nobody's got time for 600 episodes even i as anime boy like i haven't touched a one piece there's one really good character who does a good thing and i love him but like i've never watched an episode of that show yeah yeah so so like there's just so much uh in the world of anime that is like this is a large commitment and a large commitment that will pay off later for this show it it pays off immediately every episode you're seeing it pay off which is what i think good storytelling should be uh but you know that's probably unfair coming from me a person whose primary career is short form storytelling (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. You know, I want to say I think you've taught me something today, James, aside from a couple of Japanese tidbits. It's not that I hate slice of life anime. It's that I need the storytelling to be much tighter on slice of life anime. If we could get more people to produce shows like this, I am 100% in on this. Like, I liked the human interaction story, but your average slice of life is like a Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings style film where there's a bunch of establishing yeah. shots that literally don't do anything. Yeah, it's, it all feels very, very ter- Terrence Malick, and I, and I hate it. Um, I, I think also, for me, Slice of Life anime needs to be accompanied by some other genre. Uh, like, Surrey Dury Children is definitely doing that with humor and romance. Another really good Slice of Life anime, in my opinion, is Polar Bear Cafe. Which is also, which is, I think, uh, the show is 20 minutes, but each story segment is 10 minutes. So it's, again, one of those things where you're getting very short stories that are very directed, but they're also really funny. So, like, you can deal with it. It's not, it's not just, why did I spend time watching that? I have not been <laughs> rewarded for my, for my investment in this and will not be until a season finale. Yeah, I, I, I'll just watch the season finale and skip the rest then. <laughs> I'm just going to have to learn how to love these characters real fast. That's all. <laughs> I think I think we, we've we done Suridori Children. We've, we've talked about it, like, quite a bit. This may just be a perspective thing, given who I am. <laughs> And obviously, I don't know, James, um, if this is covered at all in the manga, but I was curious about the absence of a queer relationship. So that's a Japan thing. Yes. Generally speaking. (laughs) I know. I made note of it. I was like, we we are really going down just this one path. But like you said, I've watched a lot of anime and... They're usually not really comfortable 
telling anything but like uh, like a hetero relationship story, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, because again, the creative minds behind this series, I think, would have some great queer romance stories if they were willing to dig into it. And I I don't know enough about censorship in Japan to know how you get away with different things uh, vis-a-vis queer relationships. Because like looking at something like Yuri on Ice, that is one of the most prominent and explicit uh, queer relationships that we're, we're allowed to see in an anime. And even then, there's just a lot of subtext there. They're not coming out and yeah. saying anything, and we're, we're we're not really seeing anything super explicit. But like over in Sailor Moon, you have uh, Sailor uh, Neptune and Uranus, who are fairly explicitly like in a queer relationship. Unless you listen to the American dub that is, yeah. we're cousins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know how cousins are always <laughs> fucking each other. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, so I, I, I actually I don't know what prevents uh, different queer storytelling coming from different places. But yeah, it, it is striking not to see queer storytelling, especially in a series that is asserting itself as, hey, we are a very modern take on romance anime. Again, they end that introductory scene with uh, the two cell phones laying on top of each other because they are very explicitly stating, like, this is a modern story. It's about young kids now. So it sucks. <laughs> I would be totally fine and I wouldn't bring it up. But there is just this comment in the student council president that's like, oh, yeah. oh you must be gay. Ha 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 ha. No, I've, I've tried that. <laughs> yeah 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 that's the thing because he specifically says i've never been in love with a woman before Mm -hmm. and then she goes well wait what are you gay and he goes no no i I tried that so i don't know what uh what his deal is specifically and i doubt they'd ever be able to expound upon that yeah i pictured i pictured that character as demisexual after that moment and it's, it's like they're they're not gonna say that uh, they're just going to investigate this uh, straight appearing romance uh, on on screen for us because because that's all I think uh, the the publisher would be comfortable with. Yeah, yeah. I, again, and I like I have no idea what makes one thing what. I, I think it is just based on the size of the studio because uh, I can tell you, growing up, I did read a lot of very explicitly queer stories uh, coming out of Japan and and saw a few anime based on those stories too. So like. I know it's out there, um, but I, I don't know what sort of thing you need to do to be mainstream. Maybe it's just only certain distribution houses are going to be distributing content featuring featuring queer characters. So you're like limiting your distribution access if you have a queer story in it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a mystery that uh, someone smarter than me or who, who has spent more time than, than I have investigating uh, the publishing system in Japan to explain yeah. to us. Come, come on, Japan. Give us this white, uh, our white whale. We're hunting. We're hunting for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Give us this white whale. We're, we're hungry. <laughs> We've not quite gotten to the point of disastrous things for me to show, Travis. Some of the really not great queer romances in large quotation mark stories <laughs> i forget if eerie query ever had a um anime adaptation but if it did i would come back for that in a heartbeat <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> 
Oh, no, it does not look like Eerie Query was ever anything but a manga, which is unfortunate. Um, but uh, yeah, they, I mean, they're out there. I know Gravitation had a had an anime adaptation, so anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad to have derailed it uh, conversation for my very own self-serving needs. Um, <laughs> are there any final thoughts you guys have on Sura Dure Children? It's good. Make your friends watch it. <laughs> that's accurate i will i will back some james damato on this uh he's right this is good you should watch it if you have not like he said there's what total 12 episodes mm-hmm. so uh, i mean it's like a double fully coolie <laughs> J- just do yourself a double fully coolie and and you got yourself a good story joe you Fi- final thoughts it's good i like it it's cute it explores a lot of stuff that i really like in romance anime but doesn't show up unless it's 36 episodes, or it's the perfect romance story, which is uh, Toradora. Ooh, I actually have not watched that. Well, now you have homework. <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend it. All right, all right. That's that's a strong recommendation. So I think with that, we can do a next time on. All right. James, are you ready with your, your selection? H- have you got this all picked out? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, well, no, I- I'll just do it, um, because we were talking about Slice of Life, and and you're you're struggling with it uh i'm gonna continue your quest if you (laughs) have not done it yet next time y'all should be watching uh polar bear cafe (laughs) all right uh and i'm down with that but i need you to give me an episode number buddy okay um boy I don't know if we want to start on. You know what? I'm I'm gonna make it episode one, but ooh boy, that's probably the wrong decision. Uh, we're we're gonna see. <laughs> we're gonna see how that works. <laughs> I'll I'll put like parentheses around it, and if you like figure out a better episode, just hit me up. Yeah, I, I, I'm afraid that you're just gonna walk away from episode one, going, "Man, I hate that fucking panda," and, <laughs> and maybe that'll be it. I don't know. I like I like three bear bears. So or we bear bears. There, there it is. I, I can't think of the. <laughs> you want to say that again? <laughs> I, I, nope, nope. I I can stumble over my words. I'm big enough to admit I do not have perfect diction in any way. <laughs> I will I will try to uh, send over an episode. I think any episode involving uh, Grizzly Coon is is probably the uh, one of the better episodes to watch of that show. But uh, it's all good, really. Excellent. I'll record and we can drop in the the, the next time on because I usually do you know bad movie guy <laughs> announcer voice thing. Uh, <laughs> that's that's right. That's right. I should have remembered this. <laughs> we'll allow this deviation from our normal show. You got you got so much podcast juice. We'll allow it. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I've been saving up that juice. Just hoarding the juice. The the idea of podcast juice is like the grossest <laughs> thing to me right now. I don't know why I said that. It's gray. <laughs> it looks like it looks like Gatorade that's gone bad. Oh uh, yeah, it, it it it's thicker than what a liquid should be too. It's, oh yeah. Oh, okay. And gritty somehow. Gritty somehow like chalky. It, mm-hmm. <laughs> podcast juice is gritty and chalky. And why are we drinking this or saving it? Why? <laughs> So if you would like to find us on the internet, please give me any out to this. (laughs) Uh, Just search for podcast juice. (laughs) 
James Knoll. <laughs> oh, I guarantee the internet's going to return something you don't want. I mean, if you're looking for me, uh, you can find me at OneShotRPG on Twitter, or you can find any of the podcasts that I do over at OneShotPodcast.com. And everyone should listen to everything James has ever done, because he's wonderful and delightful. If you're if you're a fan of anime, uh, you might want to try our Tenra Bancho Zero episodes. Uh, if you're a fan of romance, uh, the Star Crossed episodes, uh, I think, are really good. So yeah, check check those out. Uh, so if you would like to follow the show, uh, we are on Twitter at WTF Anime Show, and you can email us using our email wtfanimeshow at gmail.com use both those avenues to hit us up with recommendations or applications to be a guest um, and I can forever and always be found on Twitter at the Joe Hadfield. Travis, where can people find you? Alright, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, I'm at Dicelobber, D-I-C-E-L-O-B-B-E-R and remember, I do not run the WTF uh, anime Twitter handle if you're trying to talk to both of us you're going to want to include me also, if you like uh, what we're doing here, but you want to hear us play tabletop games, uh, we are part of At Lost Library Cast. Uh, we're currently doing Monster of the Week. Uh, the campaign's called Grayscales, and it's a bunch of fun. I get to live up my dreams of being an Irish wizard. And also, uh, I actually GM a thing, and it's the best. <laughs> actually, James recommending this uh, anime is perfect because it's like a masks training course, <laughs> essentially. Uh, it's so good. Disaster Teenagers in Love, aka Masks. Mm-hmm. Yes, so good, so good. And with that, I, I think I think that's gonna wrap it up for us, guys. So bye, bye, bye.